Well, thank you again for being here. It is Neighbors in Need, and in the studio with me is Margie Tabor uh, from Delphi Drugs and Alcohol Council, the Assistant Program Director for Prevention, Project Coordinator, Monroe County Project Aware. Thank you so much for coming in again. Thank you, Sandy, for having us in. So we have a lot to discuss today, and the last time you were in a few months ago, we only scratched the surface, so we're going to try to get in a little bit deeper um, Kevin Hines, who we had on with us the last time that you were in Margie is coming back to town and his story is so remarkable. He is, um, an award-winning global speaker, best-selling author, filmmaker now, which we're going to discuss in just a second, suicide prevention and mental health advocate. He himself, Kevin Hines survived, um, his suicide attempt off the golden great bridge, he has just, man, you and I, Margie, were talking before we went on the air. He is going all over. Absolutely. Just teaching people awareness, education, because that's really key, isn't it? Right. He is He is um, all over the United States. He uh, travels to various countries, just really um, sharing his story, telling his story, bringing about hope and inspiration, letting people know that there's supports and resources out there. And I think, you know, every time I hear him speak, there's like another little gold nugget I hear. And the one that's popping into my head right now is, um, you know, when he says, letting people know, don't silence your pain. The fact that, you know, we're having opportunities to um, present these conversations to let people know whatever pain you might be in, don't silence it because there's people out there that'll yeah. listen, that'll help, and that'll walk with you through this until you can see the light. Now, you have been working at Delphi in this. I mean, Delphi, you guys do so much, but in this particular niche of, you know, suicide prevention and mental health awareness for how many years now? For how long? Well, I've been actually working in the field here in Rochester in the behavioral health field um, since 1992, specifically my focus with teens. So I've been with Delphi three years coordinating okay. a federal grant where we teach youth mental health first aid, which is similar to like CPR. It's a three-year certification program, and it's an eight-hour course that people take to gain more education and awareness around typical adolescent development, what might be some potential warning signs of an emerging mental health disorder, and really how to have a conversation um, with a youth who might be presenting with an emotional challenge. And the biggest piece is um, knowing what supports and resources are mm -hmm. in our communities so that if necessary, the person can do a warm handoff of that youth to somebody that is more appropriate level of support for them with Th what they need. Throughout these years, because you've been in this for a long yeah. time, from day one to now, how has it changed? Oh, how has it changed? Well, I I think as a field, we've become more educated mm -hmm. in um, people and understanding people. I think the world's gotten more complicated. That's made it more challenging and brought in some environmental factors. But I was just having a conversation with a colleague the other day, and we were talking about how, you know, 20, 25 years ago, people weren't really talking about trauma. Yeah. Um, you know, so when I started out, it was in a residential program through Park Ridge, which is now Rochester Regional. 
and it was a residential program for youth that um, were um, getting seeking treatment for substance use disorder. And so, you know, you would talk a little bit about mental health, but it really was like a drug treatment program. Um, and now the language that we use, you know, we're really being more mindful of language where we're looking at all aspects. We're someone that might have a substance use disorder, you know, also taking a look at what might be a co-occurring disorder with a mental health challenge. Um, what's their trauma history, you know, kind of um, taking a look at whatever is going on for them. Yeah. What have they experienced in their life that has brought them to this point that um, it's impacting their life in, in, a, in a way where they're needing help in that. And so, I mean, I think we've gotten a lot more educated and wiser into the impact of mental health, drug use, trauma on the brain, um, looking at it as more of it's a disease, not something that someone caused. I don't know if that makes okay. sense. Now, do you, in all this research, in in every day, there's probably new research. In 25 years from now, we'll look back and be like, oh, back in the day, we used right. to, right? Um, how much of it is just the way your brain is wired and how much of it is that, quote unquote, trauma that happens in your life? No, I think it's really kind of uh, breaking down what's going on for the person. But one of the things that research has shown is that um, trauma changes the way one's brain functions okay. and works. So, you know, there's various parts of the brain that kind of help us all function and, and be able to attend to our daily tasks and that. And that people can go through traumatic experiences and it actually alters the way the brain functions so that someone who has experienced trauma may not respond to certain things in life as someone who hasn't. So trauma could be what, just your upbringing and maybe it was a, an abusive relationship at home to drugs. It, it could, could be, a, it could be anything to... from, uh, yeah, exactly. An abusive, you know, experiencing some sort of, of abuse, um, you know, going through something that's life changing to, you know, what the students have experienced in these schools with the school shootings, you know, I mean, uh, it, it could be anything from something that we've experienced in our own home or upbringing yeah. to community violence. Um, How could we get ahead of that? Is there any way to, once you recognize um, there was severe trauma in my life and it has changed the way I feel and think about myself or people around me. Is there a way to get ahead of that or maybe reverse that trauma or no? Or do you learn how to live with it? People who have gone through trauma are thriving in their lives. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and I think that's one of the things that we talk about with Kevin Hines's message is, you know, recovery is possible. Mm -hmm. And there are people um, who are very successful successful with their life, who um, have been able to kind of move through the impact okay. of the trauma, have a better understanding of how it affects them, and develop a toolkit of how to, um, you know, move through those um, experiences when they start to impact one's life. So, you know, I think the message that there is hope and that people do heal. Another one of Kevin's slogans is hashtag hope helps heal. And... Um, so really just being aware that someone who has experienced a traumatic event that may be impacting the quality of their life today, that no matter what, there is hope. 
and there's ways out there in which we can, um, in which they can get support. I also think one of the ways in response to your question to get around it is really bringing more awareness to what mental health is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it um, is not anything that someone should be ashamed of, that there is um, help out there. And because in saying that you can, you know, you can live a happy, successful life, but you have to be aware. You have to recognize you have to have that support around you. So in saying that, I would feel that it's even more important than ever, more crucial than ever to write, have these discussions, to recognize it at the earliest stage. Right. Right. And one of the things that, you know, we're trying to do with the youth mental health first aid training is really educate like the layperson, someone who's not trained in mental health, could be a parent, could be a, a teacher or a paraprofessional that works in a school or a, um, a scout leader or a coach or someone that works in a rec center, really to have a language um, that prepares somebody to be able to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that we know is that um, the more adults, safe adults that a youth has before them or in their life, the better chance they have of moving through Mm. things because they feel like they have a community or people, more than one person that cares about them. And um, it's really important that we're reaching out to people. And one of the myths that we really try to dispel is that if we see somebody who's not okay, or if we feel like maybe they're struggling, yeah, to if we're uncomfortable with asking the question, um, that's not going to be harmful in any way, asking the question. You know, approaching somebody to say, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Okay, that's a good point. What do you do in those situations where, I mean, maybe if that's uncomfortable for you, is there another thing? Maybe, you know, maybe saying, are you okay? They're going to look at you like, why are you asking me? I don't know. Right. It's It's... Is there another resource uh, that we can go to or? Well, I mean, I think it depends. Like it depends on our relationship. I'm going to say the youth because that's the primary work of yeah. my focus. But I think it's really just uh, and it could be anybody. Um, but How do you get them to the point of, okay, I know something doesn't feel right. Even a coworker too. You're right. Too in the schools, a youth or a neighbor. I know something is off. What? Can I say to guide them to seek out, to first recognize, right? And right. to open up about it and to seek out the resources that are available. How do you get them to that step? I think for me, um, my feedback would be is just to be authentic. Okay. Don't try to force any comments and just say what comes to your mind. I mean, I've certainly been in situations where with people where I've said, you know, uh, I want to ask you a question and don't feel obligated that we have to have a conversation, but I'm just really concerned. You don't Mm. seem like yourself. And I just want you to know that if something's going on, I'm here if you want to talk about it. Okay. Um, Another example is if, you know, beyond the whole kind of emotional, someone's going through an emotional challenge is that if we have a sense that someone may be suicidal, the best thing we can do for that person is come right out and say, are you thinking of killing yourself? And coming, and we talk about that, and that is part of the youth mental health first 
the youth mental health first aid curriculum is asking that question can save a life. Wow. Asking that question is not going to make somebody follow through with a suicidal thought. That it's just the opposite. It opens the door up for a conversation. Um, could be somebody that we're that we're close to that we care about, and we can say, you know, I have to ask this question because I don't want to risk losing you. Are you thinking of killing yourself? Mm. Are you thinking of hurting yourself? Yeah. yeah. Um, and what that does is it opens up the opportunity for the person to respond with yes or no. And what research has found is that more times than not, that's the door opening that people want. Okay. To that, be able yeah. to then say, yeah, something is going on. And we can reach out to you in the Delphi Facebook page. And there's another website to go to, too, gather.us. So it's G-A-T-H-R dot U-S. And those are two good places as well to find out more details about Kevin Hines and his movie called Suicide, the Ripple Effect. Okay, so let me just clarify the gather, G-A-T-H-R dot U-S is the site that you would go to to see where the screenings of Suicide, the Ripple Effect are and where there's, you know, what uh, theaters have tickets available. Okay. So Kevin has been in the process the last couple of years of of uh, creating, producing this documentary, Suicide, the Ripple Effect. It's very inspiring. It's hope-filled. And again, it's the intention is to help reduce the stigma, mm-hmm. um, remove any shame that may be involved with either someone that is having suicidal ideations or has attempted, or even their family members or loved ones around that. We at Delphi, along with Tree of Hope Counseling, are hosting, co-hosting two showings of Suicide the Ripple Effect. One is at Greece Regal Theater on April 14th at 3 o'clock. And then the second one is at the Webster Theater on May 10th at 7.30 p.m. We're also looking at the possibility of doing a third screening possibly in June at which point um, all of that information and updates on any of the screenings that Delphi is hosting can be found on the Delphi Drug uh, Facebook page. Wonderful. Um, So again, it's just about bringing people together. We're going to be distributing resources, community resources, so that people have access to that information. Because if we're going to be having conversations with people, it's really important that we know where we can direct people to who need more support than what we can give and to not fool ourselves in thinking that we can be the be all end all for somebody because if we're not professionally trained we can't yeah wonderful uh marchie tabor from delphi drug and alcohol council thank you so much and again if you want to uh find out more about the screenings of the movie kevin hines movie suicide the ripple effect just jump on the delphi uh facebook page and gather dot us g-a-t-h-r dot us thank you margie Thank you.